What's up, Ash? I feel like myself again because we're on the podcast again. It's been like oh, I know, I know, oh, it's we- been a while. We had a we had a Memorial Day, so we I feel like whenever there's a holiday, we kind of like take a, a step back and a refresher, which I'm all for. I'm all for that, like self care, yeah. just taking a step back from working. Sometimes it it does it does feel weird when we don't record though. Like it feels like I haven't spent time with you. So even I feel- though we text like every single day, they <laughs> okay, are like it. sending like stuff on Instagram. I love eggs so much. <laughs> or sardines, our hot sauce sardines. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, today we have a really special guest. Uh, we have Joe Shalero here. Uh, Joe was my mentor and supervisor back when I worked in Athens at the Ping Center, which is where I met Ashley, which is crazy. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like, I know you, Joe. I know, like, I don't, yes. like, I don't think I've ever had a conversation because you intimidated the fuck out of me because, like, you <laughs> always looked so fly when I saw you working at Ping. Like, I don't think this guy's ever had a bad hair day beard day clothing day whatever like he always just looked sharp and I was like warms my heart thank you yeah yeah but um so that's where I started and Joe is now Joe what is your title now where are you at now so I'm the senior director of wellness and engagement at the Mandel JCC in Cleveland Ohio so it's basically a huge community center uh that serves the population here in northeast Ohio we have fitness center, swimming pools, camps, preschool, bunch of stuff. Awesome. So it's kind of like a recreation center. It's just more like city-based. Yeah. So it's actually a Jewish community center. So it serves. So a lot of people don't know this, but Cleveland has like the second highest Jewish population outside of like Jerusalem. It's a huge number of Jewish people in Northeast Ohio. And so you don't have to be Jewish to go there or work there. Obviously I'm not Jewish, but it's, uh, um, it's kind of like YMCA, but I always like refer to it as like a YMCA on steroids. It's like huge. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been cool. I've worked there for about two and a half years now. That's awesome. All right. So today we're going to be talking about um, physical, emotional, spiritual health for strength athletes um, and how, what that looks like. So I want to ask, like, what is what is that definition? Like, I know, like, that's a lot kind of packed into one sentence there. But when you think of, like, overall mental health and emotional health, physical health for the strength athlete, what does that look like for you, Joe? So for me, um to maybe give a little bit of like my background from as an athlete and then what I do with my work. So I've, I competed in powerlifting for about eight or nine years. Uh, That was kind of my primary strength sport. Um, I got my elite total in powerlifting. I competed in both raw powerlifting, equipped powerlifting at the Arnold, a bunch of different stuff. And then I did a strongman competition a few years ago. So that's kind of been my world competing wise. And then a lot of the work I do is kind of more general population for wellness and community health and stuff like that. So for me now, um, I haven't competed recently, but I train, I still train if if not uh, the same, if not more than I did before. Um, And I kind of just like trying out different things. But for me personally, I've always, and uh, Brittany, you know this, um, and I've written about it a decent amount too, I, uh, I've struggled with pretty severe anxiety my whole life and it's affected work, it's affected relationships, it's affected lifting and competing. And so 
for me, for looking at the physical, emotional, and spiritual sides of my health and wellness, um, it's been kind of trying to tie together all the best things about lifting and training and the community of strength athletes and lifters, um, take my spiritual growth and my, you know, my faith, and then take the things I've learned about sleep and gut health and nutrition and all these things that I've tried to refine over the years and meld it all together, knowing that it's never going to be perfect, but um, it's kind of like the personal challenge of like, okay, I've seen the effects that these things can have on my anxiety and my overall well-being, um, you know, how I treat people, all kinds of stuff. So it's like, try to take the good and fight the bad stuff that I've seen different areas lead to in the past. Mm-hmm. I like that you said, um, it's not ever going to be perfect because I think sometimes, especially in the bodybuilding world, we get so tripped up over making sure that everything is in place. And if one thing is off, especially when you're, when you're a coach and you're tracking in general, um, if one thing is off, we start thinking like multiple things are off and sometimes it could just be that one day or that one week uh, of stress that ha- that just so happens to increase some, some sort of issue in another area. Um, and that is, I feel like a, might be a pitfall of, you know, just the bodybuilding lifestyle. Sometimes the strength lifestyle is focusing a lot on the things that are going wrong instead of focusing on the things that are going well. Right. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that one of the big challenges that I would, uh, which this is obviously more both of your worlds, but um, I feel like even when things are going well, you know, you all have to fight the challenge of like during a prep when you're looking like you've never looked before and you're getting all that positive feedback and affirmation. And then when you come off the show, I'd imagine that crash can be really brutal. And especially if you've attached your identity to all that feedback you've been getting. So that stuff too is like, even when things are going well, you got to kind of like keep your head on the swivel for when things aren't going as well, you know? Right. Like I can count so many times where I've wanted to post like my progress photos and I'm still in the off season and I'm just like, uh, like, <laughs> you know, the mental, the mental shift of going, being in a prep and then coming out of it is just completely, you have to work. It's something you work on. Like you're, you have to be coached through it. Um, and so a lot of times, like when your identity is sort of enveloped in, in competing and your body is part of it, like you feel like people love you for it. And then it's not there after a certain time. And then you're like, okay, well, what do I do here? How, what is my mental health going to look like here? What is my emotional health going to look like here? And it does change over time. Um, and so it's not constant and consistent as like, we try to make it seem like, right. So the key here is consistency in progress, but the mental shifts sometimes are not consistent and you have to be okay with adapting. So I think like when we're talking about, uh, overall health for a strength athlete or a bodybuilding athlete, it has a lot to do with adapting, uh, to a lot of changes that are going to happen over time. A lot of health things that might pop up that you have to uh, move through. Like if you're having gut issues, for example, as a strength or a bodybuilding athlete, you have to address those things. And training is going to be put on maybe the back burner for a little while as you address your health um, so that you can be a better athlete. So it's all about adapting. Have you, uh, have you competed? When was the last time you competed? 
So I did the strongman competition. I want to say it was about three years ago. Right. Has you have you what have you learned from then uh, until now, as far as like your last competition and and up until this point? So I think one of the biggest changes that I've made, well, some of the biggest things that I've learned, I think have definitely been getting the impact of how much my gut health and my diet was on uh, my mental state and with my training. So like I had, I had gotten like, I never had a problem getting lean or like, you know, manipulating my weight, but I always, I think I just got used to like gut distress being normal. And then I had kind of been like figuring out myself some of the stuff that was causing issues. And then I came across uh, Stan Efferding's vertical diet. And it was kind of some of the stuff I was already starting to do with like eating a lot more white rice and, and focusing on certain vegetables. And then being able to see that list that he has of like the FODMAP foods that are more easily digestible and then eliminating these things that aren't. And I think it took me a while to give up, uh, my tight grip on some of the like bodybuilding artificial sweetener foods. Cause they're so, you know, the quest bars and all that stuff. But I was like, all right, this stuff's wrecking my stomach. I got to let it go. So I think with the nutrition side and feeling like a million times better than I did before, both mentally and physically. And, you know, now I feel like I'm always beating the drum for powerlifters. Like, Hey, uh, it shouldn't be normal for you to have to run to the bathroom every 10 minutes when you're training. Like you need to get, like you need to get, uh, or be like getting protein farts 24 seven. Like you got to figure that stuff out. It's not good. And um, so I think that's been one of the biggest things I think re-examining, you know, I just, I had gone to uh, like therapy, like with a mental health counselor years ago, but I hadn't revisited. And recently I had done it again for a couple months and it was really valuable. And I think I went into it with a different mindset. Um, and it also gave me appreciation for sometimes I think when your seasonal life changes, um, there's stuff that you could have done the same thing before in a different season, but now you're getting different stuff from it. So that was cool too. So I feel like those are a couple of the big things. And then training wise, since I'm not training for a competition, I'm pretty much like just trying to be in his best overall shape health-wise as possible. I have a mix of strength and conditioning the best I can. Just look how I want to look, you know, going into my mid-30s, like, just don't want to be one of these people who uses the excuse of, like, I'm 30. My, you know, it's my metabolism slowed down a million percent, which isn't the case. So, um, so I'm just trying to do all that kind of stuff, and it's it's been cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we actually did a, an episode about the quest bars and like all the stuff that really does wreck your digestion. But it's just like when you're talking, it just shows how much things just don't work in isolation. So um, Ashley's mentor, Austin, always says nothing works in isolation. Um, and so that's why, you know, when I asked, what have you learned? I knew that you were going to go ahead and go in on digestion because you, that's a big topic for you right now. Um, but it's so important because of that, that connection between the mind and gut. Um, and then especially like your outlook on life as well. So having good gut health changes your outlook on life, your outlook on life changes your progress, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, this like this crazy circle that never ends. Um, and so it's important to like, I love that you said in each season, you react differently. You, you make choices differently. Um, and that just like, again, shows the adaptation that happens over time 
as you continue in the sport that you're in. And then, you know, as a person, like you're growing. Um, and so that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, as far as like spiritual health. So we, we have spiritual health on here as well. And I want to know like, what, how do you practice spiritual health for yourself? And how does that tie into like your progress and, and what you're doing for yourself as an athlete? Um, because everyone's idea of spirituality is very different um, and how they practice it. And if, if there's anything on like the little wellness wheel, like if you want to call it that the wellness wheel um, that is not clearly defined, it's spiritual health. Um, and because it looks so drastically different for everyone, like we could say physical health and we could name off things like you know, good body composition, uh, good digestion, nice sleep, stuff like that. But we can't do that with spiritual health because everyone's idea is different. So what does yours look like for you personally? That's a really good question. And I think it's a really good, like, I think that all the time, like, cause you've even like, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, even the context that I think about it is like, you'd be on like a dating app and somebody'd be like, I'm spiritual. And that could mean a million different things. It could be like, I like spend time outside. I'm religious. I'm whatever, like it can literally mean anything. So it's like the, uh, like for me personally, there's like kind of like two pieces to it. Like, I think if there's one thing I would encourage people to think about when it comes to spirituality, it's your, what's your, your purpose? Like, what do you believe the purpose of life in general is? And then what do you think your purpose is? And I think it's like the quickest thing, especially working in like the wellness field that I work in, the quickest thing people will quickly say when talking about spirituality is like, it doesn't mean you have to be religious. And it's like, and it doesn't. And and there's things that you can do um, if you have no interest in religion. But I also think sometimes it's like people dismiss that so quick that it's like, there is a lot of value. Like for me, I'm, I'm a Christian and I have, there's a lot of things about religion and the way that the, I think no one's stra- uh, stranger to the negative parts of it where humanity is taken at the wrong directions. But I think my faith and my Christianity and my belief in what God has put me on the earth to do for, for other people and how he expects me to act myself, I think has been incredibly valuable in his influences every other part of that physical, emotional, spirit, other spiritual parts of my life. And so for me, that looks like reading the Bible, it looks like prayer, it looks like thinking through how the purpose that I think God has me for affects different decisions I make. And then it can look like, you know, I, um, you know, I attend church on Sundays, I worship, I do stuff like that. So I think for me, that's a big part of it. It obviously isn't going to be the case for everybody, but um, I would also encourage people not to dismiss that. I feel like it's become like the thing for our generation, just be like, no, it doesn't mean religion, like, because there's so many bad parts of it. But um, that's a big part of it. And then I think for people who aren't interested in religion or faith, um, there's the purpose piece still exists and the mindfulness piece exists. And so I think it's for people to, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have these days for people's mental health is the fact that uh, it's like, it became like the cool thing a few years ago for like nobody to have purpose and to believe in nothing. And <laughs> it's like, that's really a, a rough spot for people to be in. And I think if you ask like the average person, especially younger person, like, what do you believe your purpose is? Why are you here on this earth? Like, I think most people would struggle to answer that question. It's not an easy question. 
but like they had struggled to even like have thought about it. And so I think that's really important. And then I think in terms of spiritual practices, um, things that help you with mindfulness, like journaling, like meditation, like just kind of taking things throughout your life and looking at them as deeper than just what you're seeing at face value. I think that's really helpful. So I know it's kind of a convoluted question, but I think, um, I think it, it can be a lot of different things, but um, I would encourage people to give it more thought than just being like, I'm spiritual. Cause I believe like there's something out there and that's as deep as you go. Cause I feel like it's a really easy thing to just say that I'd be like, yeah, I'm spiritual. I could like kind of believe maybe in something, but I don't know what, and I don't know where, and I don't want to think about it. It's like, okay, you're kind of shortchanging yourself. Like get to me, spiritual questions should be you getting uncomfortable with yourself and getting into like having to think through what all that means. So again, kind of a convoluted answer, but I think it's a tricky thing that people should get into and think about. Yeah, I like, um, so Ashley said something, I think a couple of weeks ago, Ashley, what did you post? It was like, I no longer want to live for bodybuilding. I want to live and have bodybuilding as a part of my life. Right. Like that's what it was. Right. Okay. So that even that is spiritual practice to me. Um, because you're asking yourself hard questions about like what you truly think your purpose is, why you're doing it. So like, if you're like, I want to tie it back to strength and like bodybuilding and things like that. I think a lot of times, um, there is a question, especially like mid career or like while you're doing it, like, why am I doing this? Like, (laughs) and it's like some, for some people it's like, because I enjoy it because I want to go pro because I am, you know, for whatever reason, Um, And those, whatever reason that you're doing your selected sport for is probably going to be a huge part as to how you practice and understand your purpose and what you're doing, right? Like, so for example, I had an athlete today uh, reach out and say, Hey, you know, I've really been thinking lately and I'm not too sure if I want to compete. Like I, I want to be in the sport and I, I like practicing bodybuilding because that's part of her practice. Like, but she's like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, I don't know if I want to take it that far. And for some of us, it's like, not for me, but for some people, it's like, you're a bodybuilder. If you compete, if you get on stage, whatever, whatever. And sometimes that's not the case for everyone. You're just as valuable without having to go that far. Um, because obviously there are certain things that you have to do to get there, um, that do not go in line with your own spiritual practices. And that's what, that's what she was trying to say. She was trying to say, it doesn't go in line with what I want for myself and what I want to teach other people. So the, and, and I told her, I think that's awesome that you are thinking that way, even though I'm your body bodybuilding coach. And I would love to put you on stage. If this is not your spiritual practice of feeling like you are a better person because of it, that's okay. And if it changes over time, that's okay too. If one day you wake up next year and you're like, Hey, I actually do want to get on stage. That's totally fine as well. And it's also valuable to think, you know, in terms of the present time, like how do you feel right this second right now? Instead of thinking of expectations that other might, other people might've had for you in the past or what you might think in the future, it's important to think, what do you want currently right now? And just act on that and act daily on what you currently want. Because the more that you think about the past and the future, the harder it is for you to think about what's going on now. And then you become paralyzed 
and you're like, and you stop enjoying things. Um, I've been there. So just like something to think about when it comes to like sport in general is your purpose and why you're doing something really does matter and how you practice gratitude. And I really like your shirt, by the way, how you practice gratitude through that (laughs) matters as well. So for me, um, spirituality, how I practice it, I wake up every day and I journal and I do meditate. Um, and I've been reading a lot more lately now that I've gone coaching full-time because I have the time to read. And I find that that is, you know, whether it's the Bible or a, uh, a book that is like a, like a life help book, like that is my spiritual time. And I've been practicing more spiritual things than I ever have. And I appreciate what I do so much more and it helps me to keep going. So, That's so great. Well, and I think the point you make and, and like you said, to tie it back to the people that are thinking about how they compete, how they train. It's like one of the first questions I ask people when they, or when I write an article about how to put together a program is like, first thing you need to do is establish what are your priorities and what are your goals? Because like when somebody asks me like a simple question, I'm sure it's the same for you all. Like if you have an athlete that asks you like, Hey, should I add half an hour of this type of cardio or should I do more of this movement or less of this movement? The answer is always going to be, it depends. And it depends on a lot of things. And one of the things it depends on is like, are you lifting? You know, I've had athletes that, you know, if they tell me like, listen, right now, you know, powerlifting is my number one priority in my life. And like, it's above everything else. It's not always going to be that way, but like right now I want to win this title. I want to set this record and it is number one priority. The, the way that I program and train for that person is going to be much different than somebody who's like, I love powerlifting, but like, it's like my number three priority behind like working my family. And, you know, I like, doing movements that help me de-stress when I'm in the gym. Like for me right now, since I'm not getting ready for a meet, there may be movements that if I was purely training to be as strong as possible, I would switch them out. But there's things, some things that like help me just decompress and and de-stress. So I'm like, that's serving me better right now. And so I think you're hundred percent right. Like you have to think about all that stuff when you make those decisions and not do it just because you see everyone else doing it. Right. Exactly. And so for, for example, like with an athlete that might maybe, so this particular one, you know, she is not, she's like, I don't even think, I don't even know if I want to do that. Well, now her programming in the future might change a little bit. And I think that's, it's important. That's why it's important for her to communicate that with me. That's why she did in the first place, because she's like, if it's not my number one thing, like, and maybe it is, even though she's not getting on stage, but like, if it's, if she's not going to get on stage then her programming will become different um, at some point. And she'll be able to potentially have um, a little bit more like balance, maybe more time out socially and stuff like that. Um, and so it's that's why it's important for her to tell me, like so that I can have an idea of what to do with her next that suits her right now so that she can continue to be consistent because the key is consistency. So- I have a question for you all. So Ashley, do you do any coaching? Yes. Yes. I'm a coach as well. Mm -hmm. So for, I'm curious for both of you, how have you seen maybe your, like you talked a little bit, Brittany, about how the more spiritual stuff you've been focusing on has made you appreciate other things more with coaching. I'm curious how the flip side of it's worked. Have you 
have both of you felt like since you started coaching other people, it led you to think about some things for your own like wellness and well-being a little differently? I'm curious. If for me, um, I'm kind of right now in my like social media presence, I'm talking a lot about burnout because I have burnout once as a coach and now I kind of burnt out as an athlete and it caused me to reevaluate what I wanted, which is why I made that post about I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I want to be a person where bodybuilding is a part of my life because I was just so worn down because I wasn't really taking stock and inventory of what was going on around me, my thoughts, my feelings around, you know, considering myself a coach, considering myself as an athlete, but then also the areas where, you know, I'm a wife, you know, I'm a homeowner, like maybe I want to invest more time in my community. So for me, it was actually like, stopping the the athlete burnout and kind of bringing awareness to the fact that I was feeling some things that I experienced when I was feeling burnt out as a coach. And I was like, Hey, I don't want to go through that again because I fell into a deep um, pit of insomnia and depression and anxiety where like even medication wasn't helpful. I was like, I don't want to go through that again. That was terrible. So I thankfully like recognized those signs and symptoms and pulled back which at the time was very painful and hard to do, but really to me, nothing has changed except for the fact that like, I feel more aligned with my goals and myself as a human being. And I feel less stressed. I feel less overwhelmed. I'm less quick to anger. I'm more patient. I'm more understanding, not only with myself, but then obviously my loved ones. But I think sometimes for some of us, it takes learning the hard way to, you know, understand those signs and symptoms So that way, you know, when you start to experience them again, if you are that type A person, which most people in bodybuilding or most athletes are, because they want to take it to the extreme, they want to be perfect, they want to be consistent. I think it's just understanding those signs and symptoms of what burnout actually feels like. So that way you're like, hey, I'm starting to feel overrun and overwhelmed. I don't want to stop this because I want this to be a part of who I am. I don't want this to be what I am, though. Yeah, I, I. Ashley, there have been a couple of times where I've gone to you and been like, Hey, I feel this way, but I, this is what my protocol says. Like, and you're like, if you were coaching a client, what would you tell them to do? And I'm like, uh, I would tell them to take rest or I would tell them to take the week off, or I would tell them to go have a free meal. Or I would tell them I would. And she was like, then you need to do that with yourself. Like, yes, you, yes, I have a coach. Um, but when there are issues that are coming up where I'm like, I was working full-time training, full-time coaching. I would say pretty close to full-time with the amount of athletes that I have at this point. Um, and I was just like, my skin was starting to react. Like I was starting to get, um, like welts all over my skin and it was, it was starting to impact my digestion. It was all cause my mental health was just tanked because of everything that was going on. Um, and so a couple of times I asked Ashley, like, what should I do? She was like, well, what would you do? Like, what, how would you coach someone through that? Um, and sometimes like as coach, like me as a coach, sometimes I get caught up on the title or the, as an athlete, I get caught up on the title because I'm a coach. I do X, Y, and Z because I'm an athlete. I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I'm still moving through like learning how to not put those things first instead of, instead looking at myself as, as a person, um, that is not defined by those two titles or those two things that I'm really, cause I'm really, really into it, but 
Um, just because I am doesn't mean the answers are always in my protocol. The answers are always in pushing myself harder. The answers are always in staying up later, like stuff like that. Um, because it's very easy to get caught up in that. And so sometimes you need someone else. So I'm personally, I need someone else. I need to ask, you know, my friend, what should I do? And she's always just like, well, what would you do with somebody else? Cause it's like, it's not like we're bad coaches. We're great coaches. So, you know, look at yourself as if you're looking at an athlete and when an athlete is going through something like that, you normally, you will pull back on those during those times, um, instead of pushing harder. So that's the great thing about being a coach is because instead of like when I was just an athlete and I wasn't coaching anyone, I didn't think that way. Right. I didn't have anyone to ask. Um, so I would just continue. Or if I didn't, I would feel really bad about myself and feel shitty, right? And it would impact my self-esteem. Now it no longer impacts my self-esteem because I'm making decisions like that for people all the time. Um, so that's a really good question, Joe. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it comes down to practicing that spirituality by practicing mindfulness and within mindfulness, setting boundaries, both as a coach and as an athlete. Yeah, that's really cool to hear how how that's impacted you both. I found the same thing for me, like both coaching powerlifters and then and mentoring people more through, you know, work. So like I have, I do professional development with staff and I have um, this past couple of years, I've been working with an employee who has a ton of potential, does really well. He struggles with anxiety, even way worse than I ever have. Um, and so I've kind of like part of our discussions have been like helping him work through that how that affects his work and how he can work through it and sometimes I get done talking to him and I'll be like man I need to listen to some of that stuff that I just (laughs) you know it's like it really I I feel like it I have gained more and more appreciation for like when you teach things it's like teaching yourself twice kind of you know yes yes I mean even when I post and I posted this too is that when I post I'm talking to myself Mm-hmm. So when I'm, when I have something that like hits people, it's because I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Um, and so that's another form of teaching that I think happens, especially in the coaching world is as you teach others, you teach yourself because you're basically brushing up on the knowledge or on your own mi- mindsets and who you are. If you're being authentically you, not everyone is, but if you are authentically you, especially on your socials, you're constantly teaching yourself as you're teaching others. So when people, you know, thank me or thank Ashley for their posts or thank you, Joe, really like you're, it's really just like, I'm, I'm just being myself and I'm talking to myself. Like I'm taught, I'm, I'm giving you the things that I'm learning and I have learned. Um, and so, yes, it's a, it's a part of being vulnerable and just being who you are um, and, cre- and having gratitude within that as well. Um, gratitude is so important. Like I have been right, like journaling and asking myself hard questions and like developing a lot over the past, I would say like, well, a long time, but like the past month has just been like, like my mind is blown every single day with something that I learned about myself through gratitude and through mindful um, practices and, the, and it's to keep my anxiety low. Like it's to keep my anxiety from like overcoming without being too hyper-focused on it. But I do find now that I feel weird without practicing some sort of form of gratitude um, and that my anxiety does tend to tip without it. 
So you do have to do inner work. Um, and I think that's something that people really need to understand is, especially if you're in a, a strength sport, you do have to, as much as you work on your body, you have to work on your spiritual, emotional, mental health. It is not something that just happens. It's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, I'm okay. No, like it's usually like you work on it. Like Joe, when you were going through a lot of what you were talking about with anxiety, when I was around you a little bit more, I think that's when it was, it, I mean, maybe still currently I could be wrong, but like when I was in Athens, I remember that was a big topic for you and some of your uh, writings and stuff like that. Um, And so that was, you know, you moving through and putting in the work to adapt to what was going on. And again, like it doesn't just happen. Like you put in work for it and you probably put in work for it daily still. Um, so it's super important, like just to have those practices in general. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think like we, I think one of the other issues that we have culturally right now is that like, we're really good at recognizing the problems in society and the systemic things and the traumas that have happened and how they influence us. But like people either, I think like tend to want to be one side or the other. It's like either a bunch of bad stuff happened to me. And so nothing's my fault and nothing's in my control or everything is under my control and pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of crap, which I think is wrong too. And I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. Like you said, like we, we all have trauma. We all have things that have happened. We all have things that make it harder than it should be to work through stuff. And to recognize that and give ourselves grace, but also go like, I have to put the work in. If I and if I don't, then I can't expect things are going to get better, you know. And the stuff like the gratitude stuff you said is super huge. I mean, it helps a ton. And something that I've been trying to do more, and you've gotten a few of these text messages, Brittany, is I've been trying to tell people that I'm grateful for them and tell them why, because I think that doesn't happen enough. And like. A lot of people have come up, like, I'll think of it like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, I appreciate how hard you work. Or I pre- like, just so you know, I see this in you and I want you to, like, know that. And I think we could all stand to do that a little more, too. And I found that that helps. It, like, encourages me, too, you know, when I do that for other people. That's yeah. really awesome. Something yeah. that my husband and I do that I've even started to do some of my friends, and Britt can attest to this, is my husband and I, like, I try to put enough of our marriage on social media so people know that I'm like normal because like I feel like sometimes as a coach you like get like lifted up to like a higher person when in reality you're still just a person but something that my husband and I do very frequently is we ask how can we love on each other like how can I love on you today and that's something that I'm trying to do with my friends more where it's like I'll like text Brit like how can I love and support you today and it's something where it's like one of those questions where it's like, well, cra- crap, like you have to be so in tune with how you're feeling in that moment. And yeah. maybe it's something like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help and encourage me with that? I'm struggling with, or maybe it's like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, but thank you for asking. Thank you for acknowledging that. So I think it's really awesome. Um, not only to, you know, ask someone how you can be better to them, but then also, like you said, just be like, Hey, I'm grateful because you do this and it makes me smile or something so simple, but it carries like such a big weight. Yeah. And I'm I'm not even going to lie, Ashley. So I've had a lot of like, just in general life trauma with like abandonment and just daddy issues and stuff like that. So like to have a friend like Ashley that puts herself in that situation to say like, 
how can I love you? Like, how can I do this today? Can, how can I, whatever, like a couple days ago, she asked me like, how can I very intimate, like, mm-hmm. how can I support you as a black woman in the bodybuilding community? Like very intimate stuff. Like, right. um, and I'm not even going to lie. It's still uncomfortable for me to be in that, in that realm of thinking about what I need and then also receiving love. So like Ashley giving it and like putting it out there, I can decide to take it or I can decide not to. Um, and it is still uncomfortable for me to reach out and take it because I'm so not used to it. So there are like life things that like, as she continues to ask me those types of questions, um, I'm getting more comfortable with receiving love from other people because I'm not used to it. I'm very used to receiving and then being left receiving. And then it's not there anymore. And so it's this, like, now I have a, a wall up all the time where I don't, I won't always take from people. I'll kind of, I'll, I'll see it and I'll be like, I'm good. Like, but as she continues to do that, I'm learning how to be a more grateful person for the people that are actually loving on me because it's hard for me personally to see that. Um, so like those types of things, don't, don't think that that doesn't help others so much, even if they're in like uncomfortable situations because of it. Um, but it also let me know how hurt I am. And so that's what sparked this whole journey of healing. Um, when I started noticing, like I push people away, like I, (laughs) I don't accept help, like stuff like that. And so, yeah, that, that type of stuff, Ashley, like helps not just like your relationship, but it helps the people around you too. And I hope you, I hope you know that. And Joe, just to give you an example, like I, Brittany and I weren't friends at OU. Like I was in undergrad when she was doing her graduate. And the only reason why I found her, because I was in ex-phys and during ex-phys, you had to take, (laughs) had to take fitness classes. And I took this woman's God awful paramour (laughs) booty work hills (laughs) classes multiple times, once for a credit and a second, because I was attracted to her energy. And, you know, I'm a religious person too. I'm also a Christian. Like I struggled a really hard, long time with like making genuine friends that like, weren't just like drink buddies. And I knew from Brittany's energy that like, I was not going to be able to be her friend at that moment in time, because I was so unsure of who I was as a human being and what I wanted that she probably wouldn't give me the time of day. But what I did work on, I was like, well, I want to work on being this person's friend and leveling up to where she's at. And while also praying for a friendship to blossom. And it took what, three, four years for us to like actually become friends. But like, I was like a little, I don't know, 20 year old. And now we're 26. And like, I would consider her like my best friend. So it took time, but like, it shows you that like, if you want something, you will work hard enough at it. And if the stars align, if you are blessed, like you will receive like what you are due. Yeah. Manifested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is honestly really cool. And, and I think like your self-awareness too, Brittany is so uh, that that's really strong stuff. And that's not easy just to be aware of that stuff. And I think like for people listening, if they're looking for like some tangible things that I'm thinking of to like apply to their own lives right now, it's like, with all this stuff we're talking about, and I think there's like pieces of it that even kind of came off what you're saying, Brittany, and what you're saying, Ashley, 
is like when you're an athlete and you're addressing the physical, emotional, spiritual stuff, and maybe you're trying to, like you said, Ashley, you're trying to build a solid friendship that is, that is like what you just described, or Brittany, you're like working on trying to accept love better, like, or, you know, if you're addressing your gut health, like any of this stuff, like as an athlete, what I try to encourage people of too is don't put so much pressure on one of these things to work that if it doesn't work, you feel like a failure and you give up because especially with like gut health or sleep or like training, any of these things, like, you know, with mental health, anxiety, like all this stuff is going to be tons of trial and error. Friendships are going to be risks that you're going to have to take and they're not going to work sometimes, you know, accepting love from somebody is going to be a risk where, you know, you may have, you may have finally built up the courage to let somebody love on you a little bit. And then that thing doesn't work out. And it's hard not to go like, well, see, I gave it a shot and look what happened. So like, I think I encourage people that just trying is a victory and you have to take that as momentum to keep moving forward. Because if you can keep just trying those little victories and trying things and problem solving, you will make progress. But I try to encourage people like, don't feel like if you like say, try a therapist and you didn't like that one therapist, you're like, well, I tried it. It's like, you gotta do, you gotta put some work in and trust. You gotta be ready to fail and get back up and try again, you know? Yeah. I'm reading, um, by a uh, winning by team Tim Grover right now. Um, and it, the book was talking about how the winners are the biggest failures. So they try, they, they're just okay with constantly putting themselves in situations where it might not work out, but they don't look at it as a, as a time to give up on, on the situation. They think, okay, like, what can I do for the next time? I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who um, gave an example he was, he was taking like a firefighter, um, exam. He's going to be a firefighter. And he, the, the lady asked him that was administering the exam. Like basically it was like a personality thing. And, um, she asked him if, if you were to fail this today, like, what would you do? And he was like, um, I would ask what I needed to work on and come try again. Like, and she's like, you wouldn't be mad. Like you wouldn't, and he was like, no, I would ask you what I need to do and I would come back. And so that's the mindset that we have. I think that we should try to get into, um, of just, okay, you said no. Okay. It didn't work out. All right. Like, what can I do better for the next time? And that's the victory. That is the win. That is growth. That's how we grow is constantly revisiting. Okay. What could I have done better in this situation? So yeah, that's good. good stuff. Um, I do want to like actually plug this like journal because I've been I've been writing in it. Um, and Ashley, I'll have you put the link in the, this for this journal in the um, description. But it's a gratitude journal. It's called Moments of Gratitude, a guided journal, and it's uh, by Kristen Ide, and it has questions like you're talking about, Joe. Um, like why, what are, what is something that challenged you lately? You know, like that you can identify with and how can you overcome it? Or what is something, uh, what is, who is somebody that brings a lot of joy to your life and why are you grateful for them? Like it asks you those types of critical questions because it's so easy to you to just be like, well, what am I grateful for today? 
you don't really know sometimes you don't know where to go. Um, and so this journal that I've been writing in, it gives you actual questions about actual things in your life um, so that you can think, okay, who am I grateful for? What is challenging right now? And how, how is that actually helping me? Um, instead of just like here, like, what are you grateful for today? Or asking you the same question. Um, because at some point I remember I had a gratitude journal. It was like the five minute journal and it was great. It had like a couple questions, but it was the same questions all the time. And at some point it's like, okay, yeah, I'm grateful for bodybuilding. I'm grateful for my food. I'm grateful for going to the gym. Okay. Like, <laughs> so it's good to have like something tangible to ask yourself questions with. And we'll, we'll, we'll link it in the, um, description below, cool. but uh, Joe, is there anything else that you'd like to, you know, talk about or, or maybe even plug your social media before we, before we head off? Sure. Um, if I could leave everyone with one, th I think this is all really good conversation. And I'm, I'm really just, there's some really good things you both mentioned for me to think about too. Um, I think if I could just encourage people that are competing or training or, you know, that are looking at their day-to-day -day practices is like I said, don't be afraid to try things. So much is trial and error. Um, like I mentioned, a lot of the stuff that I've been focusing on lately is on that physical, emotional, and spiritual piece. And, you know, look for easy wins, you know, look for low-hanging fruit, look for, you know, even for the gut stuff. It's like, maybe I don't know everything I'm going to try and do. And it can be overwhelming with, should I try these probiotics? Should I eliminate this? It's like, maybe you just eliminate one thing for a little bit and see if it works, you know, try that stuff. Um, and, you know, try to not try to just don't worry about doing it all at once, but just try to, as you look at the different dimensions of your wellness as a competitor, don't let one of those get neglected. And the other thing that I'll say is like, find good coaches. If you're not already, obviously people are listening to the both of you. So hopefully they've, they're either connected with you or they're connected with people in your circle, but man, there are so many bad coaches out there. And it, I'm sure you both have talked about this a ton, but it's like people out there will take your money and ruin your health 100%. And so I would just encourage people, like if you're going to pay money and compete, pay for a good person to coach you like Britt, like Ashley, like somebody in their circle. Um, but yeah, I think the, my social media is just at my name, the benefits of having a unique name. So it's at Joe Shalero, it's spelled J-O-E-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R-O. -E um, I'm sure you could put that in the show notes too. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. It's where I do a lot of content. I try to post really good things that are focused on the wellness piece, focus on training. And uh, like you guys said before, I try to just take stuff that, hey, this is helping me maybe it'll help you. Here it is. So, and I'm always happy to help people. I'm not coaching powerlifting right now, but um, if anyone ever wants me just like look at a video of their lifts and give them input, like I always like helping people. So. Yes. I like how we like asked you to plug yourself and you first plugged us and then yourself. It just shows <laughs> you like your heart and like where your, your energy is at, which is always just so appreciative. Yeah. We really appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. This was an excellent episode. I loved it. Um, I was super engaged the entire time. So thank you for coming on. And hopefully we can have you on again here. He, he yes. gave a ton of new, Ash, he gave a, some good topics. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have, <laughs> I wish I had notes. Like, so maybe we could have him on again sometime yes. soon. Um, but thank you so much, Joe. Uh, and thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.